Jay Butter and Popcorn. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Sit back, relax, and listen. Friday's gonna have you glistening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea Butter and Popcorn. Now live. Welcome to Shea Butter and Popcorn. With Taj and Chels, Season 2, Episode 2. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the all-inclusive podcast giving you the exclusive. This podcast focuses on reviewing our favorite films. My name is Chelsea, a.k.a. Chels, singer, actor, and all-around movie lover. Welcome to Season 2, y'all. <laughs> Let them know who you are and what we're talking about today. Hello, everyone. It's your girl, Tajiana, a.k.a. Taj. And I am also an actor, filmmaker. Welcome to Season 2. Today, we are talking about movies based on plays. Yes. Movies based on plays, they typically have an original take on a story brought to life on screen. So this approach to be organic is very essential to pleasing lovers of film and theater at the same time. Okay, so you got the duality there. It's not an easy job, but someone's got to do it. So let's get into our movies. Okay, first movie is a very popular play based by Tennessee Williams. This is A Streetcar Named Desire. 1951, directed by Aliyah Kazan. I feel like almost everyone has at least heard of Streetcar. I know, I believe it's like on the reading list in schools of like things. Oh, I, I believe it is too. We remember we did this production, um, for, um, acting school. We did like a short version of, of a street, uh, Streetcar mm-hmm. named Desire. Mm-hmm. I forgot what, um, when it was, but it was like a, yeah. I think it was junior year or senior year. Something like that. Yeah. Streetcar Named Desire. Um, for those who don't know the story, it's based on the play by Tennessee Williams. This story is about a troubled teacher, Blanche Du Bois, played by Vivian Leigh from Gone with the Wind, darling, <laughs> who <laughs> moves into her sister's house. Stella Kowalski, played by Kim Hunter, with her brother-in-law, Stanley Kowalski, played by the great Marlon Brando in New Orleans um, as a Texan and a Southerner. We don't actually say New Orleans. It's Nolens. Nolens. I'll just say it. I'll just do the regular way. It's pronounced Nolens, but y'all call it. Let them know, sis. (laughs) It's Nolens. In Nolens. So down in Nolens, you have Stella and Stanley's volatile relationship, which reaches a crossroads in a tumultuous way throughout the film. This movie, I believe it's essential viewing for cinephiles. I don't like that word because it sounds almost like, you know what? Um, but, um, <laughs> that's the term they use for people to look film. <laughs> that's the term they use for people to look film. So, you know, but yes, uh, many awards were won for this film, including best actress and best supporting actress for Lee and Walker's characters at the 1952 Oscars Academy Awards. Great film. Many people enjoy it. Stella! There you go. Stella! <laughs> okay, out I'm done. to the void and fades out. <laughs> A cacophony has started. All right. Second movie. Oh, my goodness. This is one of my favorites, y'all. Oh, my goodness. I actually did um, this scene once sophomore year in college at acting school. I'm talking about 2013's August Osage County. Amazing. This movie, based on the play by Tracy Lutz, um, directed by John Wells, and the death and funeral of their father, which brings three sisters to the home of their mother. Violet, played by Meryl Streep the queen um an acid tongue pill popping cancer patient 
and the daughters Barbara, played by Julia Roberts, Karen, played by Juliette Lewis, and Ivy, played by Julianne Nicholson, along with their significant others and family. There are dynamite scenes, like the kitchen scene, when um, the years of mistreatment and repressed rage suddenly flare up. One sister, Ivy, is even in love with her first cousin, and drama ensues. Uh, the scene that I did, I believe my sophomore year, was actually the kitchen scene when they're fighting over like the pill bottles. Very intense. Yeah. It's very it's a very good play and a great movie. Very strong. Um I feel like a lot of people would enjoy that. That should be available, I believe, to rent on demand on like Amazon Prime, as well as um the previous film, Streetcar Name Desire. All right, final movie. Another classic, also with Julia Roberts in it. It's great. I love this movie. Oh my gosh. So Southern. So love. Southern. Love. Oh my gosh. Steel Magnolias. 1989, directed by Herbert Ross. So this is based on the play by Robert Harling, who lost his sister to complications with diabetes in real life and wrote a story about women who were as delicate as magnolias, but as tough as steel. Hence the title, Steel Magnolias. Um, Malin, played by Sally Field, is the mother of bride-to-be Shelby Eatonton, played by Julia Roberts, and her friends... Truvy, uh, played by Dolly Parton, fixed the women's hair for the ceremony. They welcome a helping hand from an aspiring beautician, Anel, played by Daryl Hannah. And Shelby is a diabetic, uh, Robert's character. Um, she has a health scare, which is averted, but it doesn't bode well for her hopes of having children. She has children anyway. Time passes, and the women and their friends encounter tragedy and overall good fortune at the same time by growing stronger and closer in the process. You know? One of um, the most pivotal uh, scenes is the funeral scene of her daughter and Sally Fields burying her daughter. And she's like, I could run to Texas and back, but my daughter never could. Very powerful scene. It's a sad movie. You will definitely cry, bring the tissues. It's a great film, though. Um, it's a beautiful uh, take on the landscape of the South and just like Southern bells and Southern women and how they act and interact with each other, which I think tells a very great pivotal story so those are my movies hope you enjoyed them Taji let them know what yours are four colored girls of course I had to yes! give it to you my love is too delicate to have thrown back on my face I've lost it touch Remember reality <laughs> yes one at a time oh my gosh okay for those who don't know I played lady in yellow senior year yes and I, I played lady in brown Yes. So shout out to our cast and crew. We love you, Brenna <laughs> and and Monica. Um, but yes, we we had a great time. Um, yeah, that was a very pivotal experience for me in acting school. That was, but really yeah, bit of my senior year. Yeah, that right. was that was great. Um, Four Color Girls, um, classic. The, the original uh, play story written by Nzozake Shange and then turned into. Um, written and directed by Tyler Perry. Um, I do enjoy how he um, tweaked the film. I feel like it's not one that you watch heck of times, though. <laughs> um, but it um, explores a group of Black women in New York, if you guys don't know. Um, most of them live in the same Harlem apartment building, and they face personal crises, heartbreak, and um, just challenges in general. So um, you got, wow, like, what is this roster? Like, this this cast, like, I'm so done. Like, literally. <laughs> Um, Janet Jackson, uh, is it Thandie Newton, Whoopi yeah. Goldberg, Felicia Rashad, Anika Nani Rose, Hello Princess Tiana, Loretta Devine, 
Kimberly Elise, Carrie Washington, Tessa Thompson, Macy Gray. Like, come on. Like, oh I'm literally so, so done. I met her at the Image Awards, like, 20 yes, years. Yes, you did. Years I love ago. it. Oh, my God. I love her. Oh, my God. That was back when the quad was on TV. It only got two really? seasons. I'm a little salty about it because you know was what? Show. <laughs> we love you, Anika. We hope to work cool. together She's soon. Like, <laughs> awesome. But, um, yes, so it just shows. I love the, the, the fact that um, the film kept the interconnectedness of their lives. Um, um, and Tyler Perry is just a, a great creative genius in general. Um, but each woman is represented by a color, if you're not familiar orange, yellow, green, red, blue, purple, brown. And, and so uh, it's, it's, it's four colored girls. Um, and I know people, when they, when they hear it, if they don't know the story, they think four, like literally the number four. And it's like, no, it's four colored girls. This is for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so the play has been done a numerous amount of times. Oh, yeah. um, and it's just, it's won so many awards as well. Um, it got nominated uh, for a, a Tony. Like, I just... This film is, it's a poem. It's a visual poem. Um, and I'm like kind of talking about both the play and the movie at the same time because it's just so great. Um, mm-hmm. but it explores, you know, unhappy existence, contemplating suicide, um, from, you know, effects of getting abused by your lover. Um, Janet Jackson's character is a, um, magazine editor who is very successful. Um, but her husband, you know, leads a secret double life and, you know, gets her sick because um, he um, was messing around with a dude, which is a very, like, fabricated stereotype that all gay people have AIDS. Um, but it just shows, like, the hardship that she had to go through. Ooh, Janet, in that movie, that whole monologue. Oh, it messed me up. Mm-hmm. Like, the monologues were delicious. The monologues were delicious. You sink your teeth into them and the text yes. thing. Um, one of our classes we took uh, was about analyzing Shakespeare. And sidebar, you may be like, what does Shakespeare have to do with this? Well, one thing... It's a play. It's a play. And one of the things to do with Shakespeare is you do not break down text, and not just Shakespeare, uh, any text, doesn't matter what kind of side you have. You don't break it down um, line by line. You break stuff down thought by thought. And you take those beats. And I feel like when we were doing the show, that was the biggest takeaway is to break things down thought by thought and beat like, by Yes, literally. And that's yeah, our director was exploring through. that with us. Yeah. yeah like, mm-hmm. okay, what are you thinking? What do you think um, you're thinking now as this character? What are you thinking now? Like she would always ask us that. And I just loved it because I really had to think on my feet. Like, no, for real, act, Tajiana. Like, what are you, what are you thinking right now? Yeah. What are you exploring right now? And so the answer came through your facial expressions and your actions. And then she would be like, yes. So I just, I love the rawness of the story and the, just the complexity, the complexities uh, that it explores um, as, you know, from being a black woman. Um, the hard part I think was realizing that we don't get to shed the skin when we are done with the show. It's like, Oh, la la la. No. It's just like, we're still black. We're- yeah, we don't there's no yeah we don't get to come through the cocoon it's like no this is you and it's beautiful and I love how we blocked it in our show but it's just proving that I have I love um shout out to Grace I love uh Lady in Green's monologue at the end like you know having to love yourself like Mm. seeing God in yourself having to forgive yourself it's like forgiveness um reconciliation like having to come to that to move on doesn't mean that it's going to be um, easy, but just having to take that 
one step forward. And I love yeah. the scene. I forgot whose characters it was, but um, when somebody also lost a child in this, uh, lost two children in this movie, and she was so depressed and wrecked and sick and like trying to um, get someone out of a depression like that, that scene where she told her to get up and she took up that breath. Oh, that wrecked Ooh, me. I'm about to throw Jada on you. You know that was Jada's line. Oh, that was Jada's? I didn't, I forgot. I feel she forgot. So um, Jada's our other girlfriend. Um, shout out Jada. <laughs> I apologize. Um, but that, like, after, yes, after, yeah. um, but in the play, it was different than in the movie. Well, the, the movie way that he read it. Because sometimes, like, Lady Orange and Lady in Green had, like, similar lines that aren't like. Yeah, they had similar. Yeah, it was kind of, like, different the way he meshed it in the movie. So I'm kind of getting everything mixed up from, like, the play. To movie conversion but like in in regards to the film since we're talking about movies based on plays mm-hmm. in regards to the film adaptation of it I just that whole that choreography of co- having her come into her apartment and she opened up the shades get got her got sis some sunlight like she took that first breath it's like how long have you not been breathing for mm-hmm. it's like oh my gosh Absolutely. that literally wrecked me mm-hmm. like her character really at least did a real job man wonderful i love it and loretta divine as well she's a relationship Mm -hmm. counselor but couldn't get it together with mr man and i'm like you know it's real and it's just like they become bound together by their experiences and you see it the um the beauty in it at the end but i just love it i could go on and on about four color girls so i'm gonna leave it congratulation night and i was oh my gosh um (laughs) they're doing the monologue shout out to thompson um yeah beautiful beautiful <laughs> i love it rest in peace to intazake shange we love you thank you for this gift um yeah it's amazing i love it yeah. um but yes um moving on to my second film i am going to talk about fences also a wreck a mess i cry i everything okay um, so what i did <laughs> this is so dumb so my bright idea, because you know our family tradition is to go uh, to the movies on Christmas. Yeah, yes, that's what we do every year. And so, oh, I didn't know that. Um, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> Fences came out that Christmas, you know, 2016. So we're like, mm-hmm, let's go see uh, Fences. <laughs> and like, don't. I mean, if you don't want to be bawling on and off and then crying on the way home, Viola, yeah, Viola and Denzel together just. Power team, like, look, these scene partners. Anyways, we gonna get into it. Fences, <laughs> um, written by August Wilson. Um, love him. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote uh, Fences to explore the evolving of African American experience, and it examines race relations, um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, in terms of like familial um, relationships and just yeah, life, life. But um. Uh, the play actually won uh, in 1987 a Pulitzer Prize for drama and in 1987 Tony Award for Best Play. And so, um, yeah, ever since then, it's just been pre- um, getting um, produced and developed at uh, different theaters. So, um, yeah, this this story, man, um, it explores um, Choi, so who, you know, 53-year-old head of the household, um, who is struggling to provide for his family. It takes place in Pennsylvania, by the way. Um, and so in his younger days, he was a baseball player, um, until, um, until he, uh, went to prison. Um, mm-hmm. later on, I don't want to spill the tea. 
So I'll save some parts of it. I don't want to give it away, but it just explores the hardship that he had to go through in his lifetime. And as um, his son um, begins to um, grow up, he's trying to live up to his dad's um, expectations. Um, His wife, Rose, uh, if you guys didn't know, Troy is played by Denzel Washington um, Mm -hmm. and Rose is played by um, Viola Davis. Um, And it's just astounding, astounding performances. I love how in the film, they did a lot of long takes um, and they did a lot of like, um, and you know, there's tension um, in his family when his son, so his son is like um, also into sports, but he wants to play football. So he like is like shutting it down. Like, Nope, baseball, (laughs) like, Nope, like this is my sport. This is what you do. Um, And he shut that down and um, he, um, yeah. Cause a college recruiter uh, came up to, uh Corey um oh wait well yes uh came up to Corey um telling him that he will not let his son play football um and also out of fear for you know not only living up to his expectations but also racial discrimination like hey you're not going to do that um but I just you know he wants to he wanted to experience that career in the in the leagues and he didn't get that um, opportunity. And so it's like, it's just like a, a lot that goes on in the film that is like, it's so gut. I don't know what the, what the word is, but it's just like, like gut wrenching. Yeah. Like it's such a raw story that I feel like, you know, um, shout out August Wilson cause this type of stuff doesn't get told as much. So I love it. Um, and then on a lighter note, <laughs> I was about to say taming of the shrew, but it's actually 10 things I hate about you. Um, wow, it rhymes too. Wow, I love it. Um, but I didn't know that Ten Things I Hate About You was based off of Taming Taming of the Shrew by yeah, Shakespeare okay. until like thing. last year. And I'm oh, like, what the heck? Yeah, because no. I didn't grow up in theater, so I didn't uh-huh. know the storyline until coming to college. And I was like, wow. Like, well, neither did okay. I. But like, I would read like different like like shakespeare stuff and so like Mm -hmm. um yeah but i didn't know either growing up i didn't grow up in like the theater world either yeah it wasn't until later yeah and so 10 things it's funny because in the 90s they did a whole bunch of those tammy of the shrew is 10 things and then one of my favorites she's the man is 12th night which is like my favorite oh wow now i gotta go watch the play and movie back to back because i'm off of um emma you know um wow yeah well, Emma's not um, Shakespeare, but still. <laughs> I got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, it's such a play on words too, because now reading out, reading it out loud, the titles rhyme um, and, you know, and, and Shakespeare's um, Taming of the Shrew, the shrew refers to Catherine. And in the film, the shrew um, corresponds to Cat. Um, so it's like, or Katarina. Um, so they, they kind of did that. And so the tamer, a tam- the tamer of the shrew refers to as a Patricio. I think that's how you say his name, Patricio. Um, while the tamer in the film corresponds to Patrick. So I see what they did there. Um, and you know, of course, Shakespeare and the you know wordplay, the nicknames rhyme, and you know, in, in the plot, um, Baptista um, is the very wealthy father of Catherine and Bianca, um, mm-hmm. desires to find husbands um, for them. And um, offering a fine dowry, Bianca, the younger and fair one, gets more offers for marriage. But Baptista, for some reason, desires his eldest, Catherine, the shrew, to marry first, restricting Bianca. 
From there, the character who desires Bianca, um, Lucentio, finds Petruccio, who only wants to marry, to tame Catherine. So Lucentio accordingly can marry Bianca. So it's a mess. Um, and they modernized it with 10 Things I Hate About You, which is a classic. I think it's still on Netflix if y'all haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, Walter, and it's on Disney Plus, I believe. Oh, it's, it's on Disney Plus? Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Disney Plus for all you rich people um, <laughs> who have Netflix, Hulu, and Disney Plus. I mean, I guess it's the same thing uh-huh. as like cable costs, right? I mean, I like, don't know all how I together. feel about the whole Disney Plus thing. I, mean, I don't know how I feel about it either. I don't know. There's like babies. I wasn't a, I'm not going to be honest. I wasn't I a Disney head like that. Oh, yeah. Did no. you say? There's like Baby Yoda pictures floating around oh. here, and I think that's from some show on Disney Plus, which I also haven't seen. But um, yeah, I just know that it's on Disney Plus. But yeah, I don't know. I grew up watching like mm-hmm. some Disney classics, like Lion King, Mulan, and stuff like that, but not like mm-hmm. obsessive. Di- no, not too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, that's a great Kiss Me, Kate. The musical is actually inspired by um, Samuel Shue too. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's like just so many inspirations, right? Mm-hmm. And Walter, um, who's the um, father of Kat and Bianca, of course, mirroring the play, he desires the best for his daughters as a father ought to, right? And to um, Bianca's demise, um, the father restricts her dating without Kat dating as well. So, you know, Bianca's the more popular one. So I love how they modernize it. Like she's the, you know, do-do-do, like, absent-minded, popular, whatever, mm-hmm. um, and she gets frustrated with her sister, Kat, who seems, you know, to be incapable of any positive human interaction at all, um, and so for the dance, Bianca has a choice between two dates, Joey and Cameron, but her two rival dates find Kat, a rebellious teenager who plays the shrew, and who they think may attract Kat, since, of course, Bianca can't date without Kat, but, you know, by her side, yeah. so, though, um, Pat's often ridiculous <laughs> and hilarious, he attempts and wins Kat's heart, taming her anti-social ways. So I love, I love the mirroring. And I just think it was so um, unique. And like, I just love the wordplay as well. Like, mm-hmm. I thought it was great. Um, so those are my three movies. And the movie is um, so entertaining yeah. too. The soundtrack is great. Like, rest in mm-hmm. peace, And like, I felt Man, rest like, in peace. I Man. seriously felt like Kat Stratford. Just like, really? <laughs> like growing up and like, she was definitely one of my spirit animals. Like that's oh yeah, definitely. Because my sister's like the extroverted one, very much more mm-hmm. outgoing. She's definitely more like the Bianca. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Shout out Brittany. Yeah, we love you. <laughs> She's like I hate y'all. <laughs> I know she'd be so mad if she was. No, but yeah, oh, definitely no. love it. Those are so great. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed our films. Um, let's get into our next segment. Personal Everest. Hey. So when there is a positive, there's also a negative. You know, just like the rules of gravity, what comes up must come down. Um, when someone makes a summit, say Mount Everest, for example, they're going to have the right team around them. They're going to be able to use the right tools and skills to be able to make that uh, summit. Um, so I feel like a director has a personal Everest, uh, whichever uh, with whatever type of film that they are making. Um, and they need to have a great team around them to get the job done. I feel like as well to seamlessly connect a story that was written to be lived in and breathed in up close and personal on stage, like a play, um, director's personal Everest to make a movie version of a play, um, is to be able to identify that and have those beats and have those beats, um, lived in correctly, but have it come across well on screen. Cause you know, screen acting and 
acting on stage, two very different things, um, but kind of similar. I feel like it's the same um, summit that needs to be made, like when you're doing movies based on books, which we talked about last season, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah, to make sure that audiences can enjoy it. What do you think, Tosh? I feel like it's definitely true. It's definitely similar. Um, and anytime you have something that's based on a previous work, um, you do have to like, you know, have that that mirrored um, perspective so that you don't completely lose um, the story. Um, and you, I think the hard thing though is that some people will be like, you deviated from the play, you deviated from the book. But the thing is you have creative freedom as a director, as a filmmaker, writer, you know, screenwriter, whoever for the film side. So it's kind of like, it's kind of difficult. Um, but you know, everybody's not going to like any way you spend the project. Somebody's not going to enjoy it to its fullest, um, which is something that they and you just have to be okay with, um, when you put out a project. But, um, yeah, I, I love, um, you know, the fact that directors are able to make those choices and just, you know, just get it done. Like you said, having a great team behind them and like just being able to master that, like, I feel like it's a very important skill that everybody should exercise, like doing adaptations. I feel like that's something that everybody should definitely um, exercise. So, um, yeah, you know, sometimes it'll be seamless. Sometimes it won't be seamless, but we're going to try anyways. Yeah. So it's okay. They're trying to get get right for (laughs) y'all. Thank you for listening. Um, Tune in next week. We will be discussing our favorite documentary. Yes. This I love fun. I side note, just a little preview. I love documentaries. Like, I like. I really do. Some people will be like, "Oh my god, they're like movies, only boring." But I they're love boring. It. It's like it's showing what's really going on. Exactly. A Snapchat of you um, in the mall walking around. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, documentary. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Y'all have that one um, friend. <laughs> Snapchat. Right. Name. Exactly. Uh, picture of me get a video of me doing this it's like this is a documentary at this point because this, yes. this is the documentary that is your life like no y'all love documentaries that's all social media is a documentary so it's, Anyways. Angle. it's almost like a movie without being put in google you know right exactly so, but yeah we'll be discussing that next week feel free to follow yes. us on social media to stay updated on the podcast you can follow us on twitter at jbutterpop you can follow us on instagram at jbutterpopcorn or follow us individually you can follow me at chelsea music on twitter or and me at Tajiana underscore on Twitter or Instagram.